you do, you do a much better job with announcements than I do. I'd rather, I'd rather preach than do the announcement. But <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. Actually, it wasn't that bad, really. Except when, except when I thought Yo-Yo Ma was a woman. But other than that, you know, hey. It sounds like a woman's name. I don't know. But turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Ah. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's all stand to our feet. I don't normally do that, but those of you that can, I realize some of you can't, and uh, I am very sympathetic with that, but uh, I feel like we need to exercise a little bit this morning. So Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And, oh, I do have it on. Right? Okay, good. Perfect. Hebrews 12. I just have to get there. I'm sorry. Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. God, thank you for the word of God. God, thank you that you left us with the truth. And that help us this morning, God, to get a blessing from, from the Word of God, God. And I pray that you take this message, you'd use it, God, use it to challenge me. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would uh, minister to each one of our hearts that are here. God, thank you uh, for the blessing of being in church and freedom and being able to enjoy fellowship one with another, God. Thank you that pastor's here this morning, God. And I pray that you'd help each one of us. God, to be an encouragement and be encouraged because we've heard your word preached. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You know, races, races are interesting things. I don't know if uh, um, you guys like to watch races, but I like watching racing, certain kinds of racing. Now, NASCAR, you know, I know Grant's a big NASCAR guy. By the way, Dee Dee Cameron is a huge NASCAR fan. Just to give you a little insight, it's amazing. She's a big sports fan. And, um, but NASCAR, I can watch the last 10 laps. But to watch all those laps, I just don't get into it. But, but there's all kinds of racing. I love to watch track and field. I like to watch the men because you can't watch the women because they're not wearing anything anymore. But... But anything, anyway, but I love to watch the strategy in a race, you know, the mile race. Sometimes you've got the rabbit. The rabbit's the guy that takes off like a rabbit to set the pace for everybody else. And then he drops out, 
and everybody else is coming along, and then you see the strategy that you get the guy in the back that has the good finishing kick, and all of a sudden he's winning the race because he's been hanging back, letting everybody else, you know, push through the wind and everything else, and he wins. And um, there's those that take off and those that hold back. You know, my mother, my mother used to love to watch horse racing. She didn't bet on it. But she, <laughs> she watched horse racing. She used to love to watch the Kentucky Derby and all the big races. She used to love doing that. I mean, there's not much going on on the farm, you know. You've got to watch, got to have a little excitement, you know, those kinds of things. Um, there's different races that interest me. You know, there's, there's uh, the East, Florida used to have dog racing, but I think they've stopped that now. There's camel racing. In the Middle East, they have camel racing. There's even cockroach racing. And when I, was, when I was growing up, the guys I went to school with used to have drag racing out behind the high school. That was the big thing. And see how much of your parents' tires you could burn off the car, uh, you know, and, and those kinds of things. And then there's the rat race. And we've all, got, we've all got experience with a good old rat race. The everyday, you know, if you work tomorrow morning, you get to go to the rat race. Those of you that have regular jobs. I get to pick my own rat race because I'd set my own hours, so I can, I can uh, gradually go to my rat race if I don't feel like getting up early in the morning. So, but the Bible has a lot to say about being in a race. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and uh, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9. 24 says, Know ye that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So the Apostle Paul talks about the spiritual race, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But the spiritual race and the physical race are very comparable. And there's a lot of different things. You need to discipline yourself. You know, a fat guy like me is not going to go out and run a marathon tomorrow because, <laughs> well, I might get 100 yards. Actually, since I tore my tendons and my knees, I don't run anymore. I walk. But it would take me quite a while to walk a marathon, but anyway. Um, but there's a lot of similarities. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I caught not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If you ever watch a race, they press toward the mark. In a lot of races, they pull that, that uh, tape across or whatever. And the first one that breaks the tape, he's the winner. He's the winner. And sometimes there has to be photo finishes and all that. But he talks about pressing toward the mark. And that's what we should do as Christians. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. 
Therefore I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all those that love his appearing. So the Apostle Paul talks about finishing his course. You know, they talk about a race course. And um, he finished. He finished. He didn't drop out partway through. Well, go back to your text at Hebrews chapter 12. I'd like to consider five things this morning about a race. The first thing is remember the witnesses. The second thing is lay aside the weight. Number three, lay aside the sin. Number four, run with patience. And then number five, look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. So the first thing is the witnesses. And the witnesses are in chapter 11. Look, if, In other words, it's talking about, and I don't know, uh, and I don't really think so, that there's a big stadium up in heaven and everybody's looking at us. But the Bible says, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You've got a whole New Testament, our whole Old Testament, and New Testament of examples that we can follow. There's our, those are our witnesses. And read about what they went through. You know, we, we think about Joseph. You know, Joseph stayed faithful through bad circumstances. He was lied about, and then he was forgotten. And we think, you know, we, we think about being in jail. You know, I, Dan's a prison guard, and he talks about how they're coddling prisoners now. Well, they didn't coddle prisoners back then. The Bible talks in Psalms about, Joseph, about Joseph's feet being in the stocks and being in irons. It mentions that in Psalms. And... Uh, can you imagine how bad they must have smelled? I mean, they didn't have ESPN and those kind of things. <laughs> they didn't have anything, and it was, you know, dark and smelly and bad. And uh, um, horrible places, horrible conditions. And, uh, but look what they went through. Look what he did. Consider the, the witnesses, the witnesses. Moses, Moses spent 40 years with gripers. Oh, that would... It's a wonder Moses just didn't jump off Mount Sinai. I mean, really. Uh, <laughs> see, that's it. I'm done. Forty years. Can you imagine? Forty years with people that, you know, that's why I think a lot about Joshua and Caleb. You know, you can't find one place where Caleb complained. Oh, my word. There's nothing worse than complaining people. Oh, I've got this one woman in the town that calls me. She called me when I was in Pennsylvania. <laughs> want me to answer the same question I've answered 10 times. She usually calls me once a week, got to complain about something, and uh, on and on. But can you imagine 40 years, 40 years uh, listening to people, listening to people. Uh, but look at the accomplishments of the heroes of faith. And then you go in chapter 11, you get up at verse... Um, I'm in Romans. That's why it doesn't make any sense to me. Back in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about all the different things that they did. And we're not going to read the whole chapter, but you get up at verse 34. Verse 33, it says, Who faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, Fight, turn to flight the armies of the aliens. See, they had aliens back then. It's not futuristic stuff. <laughs> anyway, most of you will get it. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured. 
Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better, res better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Most people didn't live through scourgings. It says they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. And it says the witnesses... Seeing we were compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, all the people that went before. And then if you read Fox's Book of Martyrs and all the things that those people went through for what they believed, or even in modern society, you think about the people in China. This day, there's people in China being hauled away because they believe the gospel. You, look, you read about Sudan and countries in Africa where people are being persecuted. Now you've got Ukraine and places like that where the Russians are, are, are wreaking havoc and those kind of things. And then we whine, and then we whine and complain. I'm tired, I'm, uh, uh, somebody offended me, those kind of things. Those people wish they could be offended like we're offended. They wish, and, um, but we're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. We're such wimps sometimes. We really are, me included, I'm talking to me, but we need to consider the rest of the world, the rest of the world today, and consider our Christian heritage. You know, all the disciples, uh, most of them, died a martyr's death. The Apostle John didn't die a martyr's death, but he was boiled in oil and lived. So, uh, you know, hey, we don't have it so tough. But then back in our text, it says, We're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. A runner wears weights during training to make himself struggle harder so when he takes the weights off, he can run faster. Nothing should drag us down and get us in the way of running the race. You know, we should, we should look at every aspect of our lives. And we need to remember who we're running the race for. Athletes are always checking themselves out to see if they can get a faster time. You know, you get swimmers that they shave their legs, they shave their head, they want to go faster. And they're laying aside every possible weight. They want to make sure that they're in shape and that they take care of every possibility. Well, sometimes, you know, and sometimes things are out of our control, but sometimes a job can be a weight. A job can be a weight. And I let my job be a weight at times. But, uh, and I'm not saying this, please don't think I'm saying this out of pride, but you know, 40 years ago, I walked away from a pile of money so I could bring my kids to church every Sunday. I mean, they were offering me $50,000 a year to stay where I was, but I had to work every Sunday. So I left that job, it took a job making six fifty dollars an hour and I wouldn't trade it for all the gold in China because, you know, and I almost made the wrong decision. Oh, I came that close. My pride. Oh, boy. I wanted to do it so bad, but I couldn't send those little boys to church and me not go with them. Couldn't do it. So sometimes a job can be a way. And don't think that, hey, you're so spiritual because you did it. No. You know, there's been times over the years when I look at some of these big houses and say, man, you know, I could have had that. Big deal. 
You know, yesterday we were out looking at the leaves a little bit, and I came up, we come up 41A. Well, Bob Conjol used to have a house on 41A, and it said R.A. Conjol right up by the thing. And his daughter has got a castle down by Skinny Atlas Lake. I mean, it's a castle. Beautiful thing. But you know, Bob Conjol, at the end of his life, didn't know who he was. He had dementia. And now if he didn't get saved, he's burning in hell. And those are the kind of people that we get, we get jealous of sometimes. But you know what? If you could live to be 500 years old, maybe a house like that would be worth it. But, but, but what I'm saying is sometimes we can let things be a weight, be a weight. And we all have pressure, pressure of the world, pressure of our peers, pressure of family, different things. And we, and we come so close so many times to make the wrong decisions. But a job can be a weight. Social media can be a weight. Social media can be a force for good, but social media can be something that just distracts us so much that our heart isn't right with God. We get tied in with that, and we get listening to the world and the glitter and glamour of the world, and it can be a weight. Ambition can be a weight. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then sometimes mismanagement of time. The Bible says redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, a runner is disciplined. He uses his time. He exercises when he's supposed to. He gets up every day, even when he doesn't want to, and runs in the snow or does those kind of things. And sometimes, oh, I'm just too tired to read my Bible this morning. I just can't do it. Or I'm too tired to pray. I just don't want to take the time to do it because I've got all these other things to do. You know, Martin Luther said that I'm real busy, so I need to pray for three hours. Something like that. That's, that's what he said. It's because I'm so busy, I need to pray for three hours. Well, that's something we need to do. And you know what's been good for me? I took a job this spring that I had no clue how to do. And I still don't claim that I'm that great shakes, to be perfectly honest with you. But when every time I go there, I say, I, I say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. God, I'm helpless. You've got to help me. And I wish I'd have prayed that way the 40 years I was working at the concrete plant, because after a while I got so I knew what I was doing. So I could do it in my sleep. But we should have that attitude every day. God, I need you. Because the world, the flesh, and the devil wants us every day. It's there every day, wanting to grab us, wanting to be like them. But we need to get rid of the excess weight. And, you know, we need to jack up our spiritual metabolism a little bit. You know, there was a, I haven't uh, been on a diet in quite a while, and I should be on one. But there was a time when I lost 25 pounds, like, in three months. And you know how I did it? I quit eating junk. And uh, I'm not eating so much junk now, but it's just that, the older you get, the, most of you people that are old, older than 50, you would agree with me that your metabolism slows down. And it doesn't take a lot of food to uh, put on weight. Well, anyway, I lost 25 pounds in like three months because I quit eating junk. And that's what we need to do. You know, we need to, good athletes are excited every day to go out and run the race. And uh, we should be excited. I'm not saying get yourself false falsely psyched up.
But I get upset with myself sometimes when I'm not excited about coming to church, when I'm not excited about reading the Bible, or I'm not excited about preaching. We need to watch that stinking rotten flesh of ours. You ever been in a church service, and don't please don't raise your hand. Have you ever been in a church service where somebody's preaching on something that you've heard before? And so you kind of put your mind into kind of like, eh. Instead of, instead of listening and getting what God wants you to get out of it. God wants you to get out of it. You know, it's just people in China that would give their right arm to hear the same message three weeks in a row. They would, if they could do it in freedom. And you realize the word, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. There's been times when pastors preached on something totally different. And I've been under such conviction out of something totally unrelated that I'm sitting there and I said, he's not even talking about that. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's why we should get excited about the Word of God. And then it says, lay aside the weight. Lay aside the weight. Get serious about our sin. Don't be lazy about staying right with God. Don't be lazy about it. Sometimes we get lazy about it. But you know, the most important thing in the Christian life is to stay right with God. It's to stay in fellowship with God. That's the most important thing there is. But sometimes we get lazy. We don't confess our sins. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But it says, if. And it's the big if sometimes. You know, Psalm 6611 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord will not hear me. You know, there's lots of people in the Bible that let sin weigh him down. You know, Jacob was a deceiver, and it, all through his life he had that problem. David had a problem with lust, among other things, and it weighed him down. Solomon uh, was disobedient. Solomon loved many strange women. Solomon went against everything he wrote in Proverbs, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but he didn't stay right with God. You know, uh, sometimes we get distracted and we don't pay attention to our lives. We just go through the motions. You know, you get up on Monday morning, you have to go to work, so you eat breakfast, you hop in the car, you drive to work, you walk into work, and you do your thing, and you get home, you eat supper, you might do a few things, and you go to bed. It's easy to get in a rut, but sometimes we get in a rut in our Christian life. I'm just going through the motions, you know, and, and we need to be serious about it. You know, a runner... A runner, when he's running the marathon, you don't see runners running a marathon counting the crowd. Oh, look at that guy over there. No, they're focused. They're focused on the race. They're focused on the race. And we need to be focused on the race. And you know what? If we fall, we need to get back up. You ever see racers that trip up and fall? And even though they're going to finish last, they get up and they start running again just because they want to finish the race. You know, pastor quotes this verse all the time, but the just man falls seven times and rises up again. Well, keep getting up. Keep getting up. And then run with patience. Run with patience. You know, I had the privilege of hearing Bill Rice, uh, John Rice's brother, preach years ago. And he used to preach a message called Morning Glory Christians. 
morning glory Christians. They come up for a little while, and then they fade, just like a morning glory. Well, run with patience. You know, it says in Galatians 5, 7, and he's talking about to the Jews about, about being in the law, but the verse applies. It says, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? You did run well. Who did hinder you? And you know, one thing that has upset me in my Christian life is to see people that start out good, and then we see them fade. You know, it breaks my heart when I see somebody come to this church, get saved, grow a little bit, and then they hit a bump in the road, and they just quit going to church. They just say, bag it. You know, that hurts God, but you know what? It hurts us because they're family. They're part of the family. And, um, but don't fade. You know, Romans 12, 12 says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. In Hebrews 10, 36, the Bible says, ye have need of patience. James 1, 4 says, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. James 5, 7, be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. You know, Jesus is coming, but you don't know when he's coming, and I don't know when he's coming. And I've seen so many people say, well, the Lord's coming back, so I could just sit in a chair somewhere. You know, I had, and I'm, I would never, you'd have to hold a gun to my head to mention who this is, but I, I had somebody... 40 years ago that went to this church say to me, I quit tithing because God didn't make me rich. I wanted to hit him. Run with patience. Run with patience. The finish line's over there. Don't quit. Don't quit. You know, I ask God, if I'm going to quit, I want you to get, I want to get hit by a truck. If I get hit by a truck, don't say, well, I'll see. But... <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm tired of seeing people that quit right before the end. Amen. Quit right before the end. And I'm not picking on you, Mrs. Breyer, but you know who the... Carlton and Donna Breyer have been in this church faithfully every week since before I was here. And I've been here when Dan was a baby, so it's been a long time. But it's, it's things like that that are a blessing. Faithful. Don't quit and they haven't quit and they're part of the witnesses by the way which comfort about so great a cloud of witnesses and and uh those are the kind of things don't quit be patient be patient um you know stay in the race don't jump in the pace car i'm tired of running i'm tired of racing so i'm gonna jump in the race car you know, uh, I think about Dee Dee Cameron. She was a big Jeff Gordon fan. And for those of you NASCAR people, Jeff Gordon was a great race car driver. Well, you never saw him say, ah, you know, Mr. Hendrick, I don't feel like racing today. I think I'll jump in the pace car. And every time there's a caution, we'll just slowly go around the track. No, he wanted to race. He wanted to race. Well, we need to do that. Be patient. Be patient. You know, uh, don't give up. You know, I, my wife and I were in Pennsylvania the last couple of days to visit her sister and stuff, and we were staying in one niece's house, and somebody that used to be faithful to church, 
They don't go to church anymore. Their lake house is their sat their weekend church. They used to be pretty straight. Look on the, the shelf, there's liquor bottles there. They quit. They quit. They jumped out of the race, they got discouraged, and they quit. And I hate to see that. I just hate to see that. Um, don't quit. Stay in the race. And the last thing is go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted on the blood striving against sin. You know, Jesus was in the garden. He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. You haven't resisted on the blood striving against sin. Looking unto Jesus... He endured the cross, despising the shame, endured such contradiction of sinners. You know, somebody, somebody will call us, and I've been called this before, but big deal. Somebody will say, hey, Bible boy, big deal. Just think about Jesus. He was perfect. I am not perfect. But he was perfect, and they called him all kinds of names. He endured contradiction of sinners against himself. Looking unto Jesus, because he's our goal. And it says, for the joy that was set before him. You know, if the Lord comes back today, I don't want to be ashamed when, when he comes back and say, oh, I'll never forget, you know, my father would go into town and my mother didn't have a driver's license ever. So my father on the farm did all the grocery shopping and the running around and stuff. And I always wanted my <laughs> I, we never knew when he was coming back. So sometimes I would get the work done that he was supposed to, wanted us to do, and I'd be happy to see him. Other times, I had figured I had lots of time, so I used to do this, I used to bat stones. I used to think I was a, you know, uh, Johnny Bench, you know, back in the 70s, you know, late 60s. So I'd be goofing off, and he'd come back, and I'd be ashamed because I didn't get anything done because I was having a blast goofing off. But it's the same thing with the Lord. I want him to be, I want him to smile. The joy when we see him, the joy that was set before him. Go to uh, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Familiar passage of scripture. Philippians 2 and verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If we hang in there and do right and have the mind that Christ Jesus had and look toward the goal, look toward the finish line, look toward the finish line. Finish line is not that far away. It really isn't. You know, even if you live to be 150, compared to eternity, eternity is a long time, and we haven't even figured out how long that is. But don't quit. Don't quit. You go back to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. We'll read it again. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you're here or under the sound of my voice and you're not saved, you need to look unto Jesus. Salvation's not by works. Salvation's not by any good thing you can do. But salvation's through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. You know, us that are saved, you know, if, if you've stumbled, get back in the race. Get back up. Don't quit. Ask God to give you a good finishing kick. That's what I want, a good finishing kick. So even if you're in the back row, I'm not picking on you that are sitting in the back row, but even if you're in the back part of the race, you can kick and get up toward the front, right at the end. Keep running and show others how to run. Show others how to run. You know, us older should give me an example to the younger. And there's a lot of people in this church that have been an example to me. I want to be an example to the young people in this church. Don't give them an excuse to quit. They've got enough problems. They need an example. I want to show my grandchildren how to run the race, how to not quit, how to keep hanging in there. And that's what we need to do. So let's have a word of prayer, and then, and then we'll be done. Father, thank you for your blessings. God, thank you for the example of Jesus that didn't let anything stop him, God, but he went to the cross and died on the cross for our sins. God, help us to uh, repent of our laziness and our... our uh, um, times, God, when we want to quit. And God, help us to remain faithful and to do what's right. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. That was a good message, a good reminder. If you're saved, you're in a race. And you're not running it for you. And though we want to be a good example and we want to be a good testimony, we're not even running it for others. We're running it for Jesus Christ. Look what he did for you. Look how he saved your soul. Look how he's blessed you. One of the things that the Lord uh, pointed out while David was preaching, I've never seen this before, but he alluded to it in his message. That patience is so intricately connected with rejoicing. When our rejoicing goes down, our patience gets lost. I've seen that over and over again. The Lord brought several passages to mind that link rejoicing and patience. Uh, when we get ungrateful, we stop rejoicing. And when we stop rejoicing, we 
have a tendency to want to throw in the towel. God's speaking to your heart. Maybe there's a maybe there's a weight that uh, you need to set aside that's slowing you down. Maybe there's a sin that's just putting on the brakes. Uh, you know, weights slow us down. Sin stops us from getting accomplished what God wants to see us do with our lives.